Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Gufron, Gufron is ten years old. She is uh, standing outside a hospital in Libya next to her aunt. Inside that hospital is her older sister, who is 12 years old and in the ICU. Gufran's dark eyes are fixed on nothing in particular. She is the image that the Associated Press is presenting to the world today. Instead of showing us Thousands of bodies strewn everywhere across the Libyan landscape at the edge of the sea. Gufran is incredibly still. She looks as if she is still in shock four days after she and her sister were found clinging to the roof of a car. Um, one car that somehow managed not to be crushed in a river of mud that swept their entire city block into the sea. How did Gufran survive? Well, we haven't heard that from her yet. She has yet to speak. But 10-year-old Gufran and her sister, according to their aunt, were thrown out the window of their home by their father, her brother. She was on the phone with him at the time, desperate to save his children as the walls of his home caved in upon him. He and his wife, Gufran's mother, are now among the 10,000 dead. Authorities expect that number to rise perhaps to 20,000 as surveys of the neighborhoods destroyed and bodies lie everywhere as waters recede. What did you wake up to this morning? Gufran woke up to a world she does not understand. A life she was never raised to imagine. Criticisms of the government include demands for information, information that no one can provide, and accusations that there should have been warnings, there should have been an evacuation plan. But I want you to ask yourself this, what kind of warning, what kind of warning could they have given that would have resulted in a different outcome? Who could foresee this? Meanwhile, um, Scenes in China, those scenes that, um, that get out of China, um, there are torrential rains flooding regions of China as well. And in one, um, in one location, a crocodile farm um, found itself flooded and 70 crocodiles simply swam out of their enclosures 
when those walls collapsed during flooding. 36 of the 70 crocodiles have been found and captured, but dozens remain loose in floodwaters in the second most populous nation in the world. And you're saying to yourself, there's probably a movie to be made about the crocodiles. But is there one to be made about Gufron? Whatever you're facing today, whatever challenges uh, are before you, I encourage you to hold in your heart and your mind little children around the world who are facing circumstances that no one ever prepared them to consider. And then consider who is going to share the gospel with Gufron. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Adam Holtz is back from Focus on the Families, plugged in. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Carmen. How are you this morning? I'm, uh, you know, it's always a brew. It's always a brew of of uh, of how I'm doing. You know, yeah. life is good. God is good. Um, the news is always full of challenging information um, that leads me to prayer. Yeah, I'm. Uh, how, how are you today? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. I'm thoughtful. We'll go with thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It's good. Lots to lots to think about. Yeah, and we're um, we're seeking to not just think our own thoughts about those things, but develop the the very mind of Christ on those things. And so it's a there's a diligence to our thinking as Christians that, um, like, I could just say, well, you know, how are you thinking about what you're thinking about? It's not just what's on your mind, but right. you know, how is your mind being cultivated by the word of God, and the spirit of God. Yeah. All, all those good things. All right, Adam. Um, there is a merger of pure flicks with a great American family. I'll just confess to you. Um, I, I does not surprise me that there are mergers afoot in the entertainment world, but sometimes when they are, um, sort of on the Christian side of the aisle, um, I do wonder, like, okay, well, what what happens now? Like, so read us in on the merger of Pure Flix with Great American Family. Well, Great American Family, of course, for a long time was Great American Country, and they changed it a couple of years ago, and they have become kind of a leading alternative to Hallmark, really. I think that's mm. the best way to to categorize what was, for a long time, it was GAC, <clears throat> if you have cable you may have recognized that channel. So parallel to that, PureFlix has been producing, um, you know, PureFlix started out as a, a service where you could um, get edited versions of things, but it has morphed into more of a traditional streaming service. And they are producing a great deal of that sort of, I would say, Hallmark-esque kind of content. I don't mean that as uh, a put down. I mean that as you know, that gives you a sense of the kind of Christian lifestyle, just nice family content. And we actually have been reviewing more and more stuff on the PureFlix streaming app. So it makes sense to me that uh, somewhere along the way, these two organizations said, you know, we're doing the same thing. We could probably join forces. Um, and uh, so now they have. The Great American Pure Flix uh, 
streaming service. So you're going to get the, the best of both worlds. And I think this is a good thing. I think it speaks to the reality of the entertainment business across the board is one of consolidation. There are actually relatively few producers of content because it's so expensive and the competition is so fierce that if you're too small, you get forced out. You just don't, you don't have the resources to compete. Uh, and, and even things, you know, I think about the Kendrick brothers and Affirm mm. Films getting, you know, brought under Sony's wing. Even, that's even true in the Christian realm. I think about, um, you know, the chosen choosing to uh, go with, with uh, Lionsgate for distribution. So I think on balance, um, I, I think this would be a good thing. I, I think it should provide uh, that consolidation of resources for two companies that were essentially doing something very similar, uh, maybe to be more solid than either one of them was on their own. Uh, and my understanding is you can, you know, sign up for the streaming service. And I'm, I'm assuming I'm just looking through the press release that Great American Family will still be available on cable channels as well. So mm-hmm. that's the story. It is a there's so much content being produced out there, uh, Carmen, you know, and, you know, everybody and their dog and their cat and their gecko wants to produce stuff for other people to see. And so the, it's a fierce, fierce landscape out there. All right. We are going to talk next about um, the format that we are talking on right now. And we're going to talk about yeah. Christian radio. Um, so you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. This is first a Christian radio program on a Christian radio broadcast network called Faith Radio. When we come back, Adam Holtz is going to tell us uh, what's happening in the Christian broadcasting world um, and why the future of Christian radio is so bright. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. We talk about what you're uh, watching. Today, we're going to talk about what you're listening to. And chances are, in addition to listening to Christian talk radio, chances are you're listening to Christian music broadcasting. Adam Holtz is here from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. What's going on with Christian music broadcasting? And sure. and, I, and I'm just resisting the temptation to just start screaming, we're number one, we're number one, because that would seem sort of self-congratulatory for our sister station, KTIS in the right. Twin Cities, which is, by the way, number one, they're number one. Woohoo! There you go. That's a little shout out. Well, I, I think you... Uh... You may have delivered the story here, Carmen. And, you know, it's sort of like, I'm not going to tell you this, but, and then you proceed to tell somebody. Uh, (laughs) The short version is that Christian music radio uh, is doing very well. And in many big markets, it is number one. 
And again, we're seeing consolidation there, uh, but it is, um, it's a format that is incredibly attractive to listeners because it is so missionally focused. Uh, when you listen to Christian radio, you know exactly what you're going to get. And those who are involved in Christian radio, you know, I'm, uh, I am only tangentially involved as a, a voice here and there. I, look, you're not in this to get rich, I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're not driving a Ferrari because of your daily show here. I'm just guessing. Now you could. I do have a crack in my windshield that I'm having a really hard time getting replaced because I live so far out that those like, hey, we'll come to you and replace your windshield people. They don't come to me. So there you go. That's right. my that's my latest. But, uh, I drive a Kia issue. Oh well, I, I drive old, old, old Toyotas, so I have issues too. <laughs> but the point is, those of us who are involved, you know, professionally with Christian ministry and with Christian radio in particular, we're not doing it because we're trying to get rich. We're doing it because we have a sense of God's calling to to use our gifts and talents in this arena for the sake of inspiring, encouraging, teaching, exhorting, um, having a little bit of fun, hopefully, uh, with those who tune in to listen to us. And so it's a very specific calling, and Christian radio has a, a niche where you know what to expect. And I think because of that, again, in that that world of fragmentation that we were talking about earlier, it's kind of a, a rock. You know, I'm sure there's a biblical metaphor in here somewhere with the rock uh, idea and, and image. Um, but but the upshot is, and there are, there's a new report out basically detailing how well Christian music is doing. And it's not just local markets, but... Um, as, as a whole, Christian music radio is outpacing almost everything in terms of listeners, uh, in terms of uh, what they, there's a name for, um, it's called a net promoter score, which is how do you feel about this thing you're consuming um, that gets into sort of marketing speak. But anyway, the story is Christian radio is is alive and well and thriving. And I think that's something to celebrate. So you can go back to cheering. We're number one now. I will let you. We're number one. We're number one. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I I don't know if you've been to any store lately of any kind or variety, but there's Christmas stuff out already. And it is, <laughs> it, it's not even not only Halloween. It's not even, it's not even October. So it's not even um, October. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. You're, you're actually ready to talk about Christmas movies. And so maybe we could reach back and look back at uh, Christmas movies for a moment, because apparently it's not too early for that. Now, if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, it's entirely too early to be thinking about uh, or talking about Christmas, I'd like for you to text me, when is it appropriate? Like, what is the it's okay to start talking about Christmas like, do you have a date on the calendar? Uh, Paul Perot says it's the day after Thanksgiving, which, you know, that's going to... Whoa, 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 whoa. I've been listening to Christmas music already. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you never stop. Yeah, you never stop, Paul. Thanks to my so, wife, I Carmen, <laughs> Yeah. Can I, can I jump in here? Sure. I, ha I have my answer to your question. We have a saying in our family. It's a saying of hope, and it's a saying of of expectation 
it's always one day closer to Christmas. Now, I did have somebody say recently, what if it is Christmas? And I'm like, okay, that's technicality. Uh, but, you know, we're always, and, and I know you're talking about celebrating the Christmas holiday and how we do that in culture. But I, I think at the, you know, if I, you can allow me to wax spiritual for just a moment, Christmas is a season of hope, of anticipation, of expectation. And I think as Christians, uh, in the broad sense of the world, we are called to be Christmas people, right? The gospel, mm -hmm. in a very real sense, is about Christmas in the true sense of Jesus came and lived and lived and died so that, that we might have life and have life abundantly. So I would say it's never too early to start talking about Christmas. And again, I know I'm I'm answering your question differently than you intended, but that's my answer and I'm sticking to it. My mom already has her Christmas cards printed. <laughs> she's ready to go, man. She she said, oh, you know, she's 85. And so, you know, I think there's something there's 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 more than one uh, thing operating here. But they went sure. ahead and had them printed. And she said, this gives me time. This gives me plenty of time to uh, hand address them and Aww. write personal messages. And I'm like, oh, see, my mom is so much so, better than me. Such a can better I share one me. other one other memory that's sort of related to my grandmother and it's in similar territory. My grandmother would put her Christmas tree up. Oh, it was probably after Halloween, but it felt like it was up for months and she would get her Christmas shopping done. And one of my fondest memories of childhood is, uh, I believe it was 1978. I knew she had gotten me a millennium Falcon for Christmas and I saw it under the tree and I had to wait for months for that. And it remains sort of this sort of, uh, I would say, really archetypal story of anticipation for me of, you know, we look forward to this day. And again, there's so many symbols and metaphors that we can pack into that. But I remember she would always get the JCPenney Christmas catalog. And I would, you know, I would sit and look longingly at that catalog for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, with the advent of the internet age, I, I suspect that doesn't happen like it used to uh, because, you know, we have all those images on our phones whenever we want to look at them, but it was always a good day when the JC Penny Christmas wish book showed up at grandma's house. You have me thinking now about um, ministries that continue to send out um, yeah. actual, you know, like actual yep. catalogs. And it's, um, and I'm thinking here, about the one where you can buy animals? Yep. The Heifer yeah, Project. I think that's the one the coming project. to mind. Yep. But there's probably yep, there's the probably others about. as well. The Heifer Project is the one that the Lord just, you know, populated in my brain. Um, yep. I love the the pictures. You know, you can buy a, a hive of bees so that a family can um, yeah. produce honey. Uh, or you can... Or a goat. Yeah, a goat, a, um, chickens, so that not only can they have eggs, but, you know, then they can let their chicken raise a clutch of chicks and they can actually sell chickens to other people like on and on and on it's really extraordinary they can have a milk cow um there are ways you can buy an entire ark if you want to do that um so i think that those those opportunities to to shop in ways that are very very different um yeah. than maybe you and i looking through because that that jc penny catalog uh, experience is not unique to you adam um, no. right. It might have been a Toys R Us catalog at one point along the way, right. but 
it now as Christians, like there are ministries that help us help our kids think differently about gifts and giving. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and cool. it, those things I think are an opportunity for us to work on that worldview area and, and, and active obedience in our own lives. All right, you're going to have to go to PluggedIn.com to see the reviews for Camp Hideout and A Million Miles Away. I don't know if either one of them gets a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but you can find out at PluggedIn.com. Adam, as always, thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, Carmen. We're going to jump to Breakpoint with John Stone Street. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. So there's a guy that stands on a corner not too far from where I live, um, and he's out there with a sign, uh, and his sign says the same thing, and he's not out there every single day, but on the days that he's out there, his sign always says the same thing, and it's that the end is coming. Uh, the end is, it, well, it used to say the end is coming. Now he says the end is near. So um, I checked, and 39% of American adults surveyed by Pew Research believe that we are living in the end times. 39%. That, you know, these are the end times. The end is near. Not only is the end coming, but the end is near. 58% do not believe the end is near. So do you believe the end is coming? Do you like recognize that history is moving along toward an end? Um at least of the world as we know it and life as we know it in the here and now? Uh, Do you believe what the Bible says about what is coming and where we're headed? And, And have you thought about when? Now, here's the truth of the matter. Nobody knows when. Jesus came right out and said nobody knows when. Uh, Here's what I do know. We're one day closer today than we were yesterday. We are absolutely, without question, one day closer on this day to that day. We're going to talk about this day and that day and how we live this day in anticipation of and in light of that day with Michael Kelly. Michael is an elder at the church where I attend, and he preached recently on this subject, and it was so great that I thought, let's get him on to talk about that. So this day and that day next with Michael Kelly. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Michael Kelly is uh, often here as an author. The whole story for um, for the whole family is one of his more recent books. Um, but he's also an elder at the church where I attend. It's called Grace Community. You can check it out at gccnashville.com. Recently, Michael uh, preached the final sermon in a series on the book of Second Peter. And uh, his topic was this day and that day. And Michael, I wanted to have you here today to talk with us about this day and that day. So thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Martin Luther in the 16th century um, said there were two days on his calendar, this day and that day. Let's talk a little bit about our calendars and then get us, bring us into this conversation about this day and that day. I love that quote from Luther. I, I think it brings a lot of perspective, regardless of whether, you know, you're uh, the kind of person who has a very detailed daily planner or somebody who just sort of shoots from the hip. Um, I, I think what he was trying to communicate is that uh, the the two most important days are the one that we're in right now and the inevitable return of Jesus. 
And I think also in that quote, he was linking those two things together. So that is to say that the way that we live on this day ought to be profoundly influenced by the reality of that day when Jesus is going to return. And when we look at the passage um, from Second Peter chapter 3 that you were reflecting on, maybe verse 11 is the one that really stands out to me. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, and that is, you know, after this description of yeah. when all things come to an end, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Do you think people are looking forward? Like, and we, we talk about looking forward to something that's like positive anticipation. Do you think yeah, we're yeah. positively looking forward to that day on this day? Or are most of us kind of like, we have like this uh, uh, fear and fear and dread related to that day? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a bit of both. I mean, I know at, at different times in my life when I've thought about the fact that Jesus is going to come back, it, it has often been filled um, with just sort of a sense of, Man, well, I hope he doesn't come back before X happens in my life. Just because they're, you know, I hope he doesn't come back before I get to go to Hawaii. You know, I've always, I've always wanted to go to like things like that. And I think when people have an attitude like that, uh, as was with me, it it really, it really um, is revelatory about uh, sort of the state of our hearts and how how small maybe our belief is in the fact that when Jesus does return, that he's going to really make all things new. We, we just don't have anything to compare it to uh, in our minds. Um, however, I, I do think, particularly in the last three to four years, that there has been just such a, a general kind of angst uh, in our society and culture as a whole then I think for a lot of people, it, one of the redemptive parts of that is just made everybody feel like, wow, this, this actually isn't our home. And, and the world is, is really broken. And it's created just, I think, sort of a longing for things to be right and true and good. So maybe that's one of the redemptive things that, that has happened over the course of the last few years. Um. When we when we talk about this day and that day, um, you tend to be very very practical when um, when you're talking with us about um, r- raising our kids in you know a gospel and a redemptive worldview. You tend to give very very practical counsel and um, and ideas in all of your writing, and I genuinely appreciate that. So imagine you're having this conversation with one of your kids, and you're talking yeah. about living this day in light of that day. Um, and, you know, and they're struggling in a friendship or they've experienced a rejection or, you know, they now have acne. I mean, I don't know what it is, right? But <laughs> right, um, sure. the, the, the sufferings of, of being a juvenile in the culture today. Um, uh-huh. Can you, because that feels like part of what Peter is doing. Peter is talking to people yeah. who are really genuinely suffering in the reality of the day in which they're living. Um, yeah. And he's trying to help them, I think, gain some perspective on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you're dead on. It, and that is what Peter is is doing. Um, the, the context of, of Peter's letters is that he's he's writing to a church 
that is experiencing some level of persecution. Um, now, there's there's some disagreement about when the letters were actually written. Um, I, I think it's probably likely that the kind of persecution that the people were experiencing was not yet sort of widespread government sanctioned persecution, but just sort of the general kind of persecution from uh, neighbors that looked and said, you, you guys are different. You don't worship the emperor of Rome anymore. Uh, we don't like it. Uh, and so they're, so they're suffering. And so Peter really is trying to help them put that suffering in some kind of perspective, as you said. And, and the best way for him to do that is to remind them that whatever they are experiencing uh, in light of eternity uh, is certainly a, a short kind of time period. Uh, but I think he's also encouraging them to experience the troubles of daily life with eternity in mind. So back to the question about how to how to work that through with a with a teenager. Um, man, I, I think one of the things about anybody who has has ever raised kids, I think knows this is true, is that whatever is happening at a given moment in the life of the teenager is the most important thing in the world that is happening. So mm-hmm. one of the things as a parent, I think you have to be very careful of is you know that that's not true right? Because you've got some life under you. However, it's really important for that teenager to feel validated in whatever pain there is. I think that's one of the misuses of uh, looking at eternity, is that sometimes we can look at the return of Jesus and use it as a means to minimize um, the genuine trouble or sadness uh, or or uh, worry or doubt or whatever somebody's feeling in, in the moment. So we've got to figure out a way to hold both of those things in tension because both of those things are, are real, especially for a teenager. It's a real thing that Jesus is going to come back, but it's also a real thing that my life is terrible today because I have acne on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you do that? How do you hold those things in tension with one another? Well, I, I think one of the ways that you do it is that you you try and be as a parent emotionally invested in both of those realities. So the conversation may go something like uh, uh, where, where you just listen. You know, you listen to your daughter talk about um, this trouble that she's having in her relationship, and you don't offer a lot of counsel, but you you cry with her and you hold her uh, and you say, "I know," and that's so hard. And then rather than saying, "But sweetie." you know, someday it's not going to matter. Instead of saying, but maybe a better answer to say is to help them think redemptively to say, when stuff like this happens, doesn't it make you glad that there will be a time when things like this will never happen again? And so you you try to put some emotional investment in in both of those camps. Maybe Maybe that's a helpful kind of practical way to do it rather than trying to contrast those things uh, with one another. Michael Kelly uh, blogs regularly and posts all kinds of great content by others as well at his website, Michael Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y dot. I have that it's dot C-O. Is it dot C-O or is it dot com? It is. No, it's dot C-O. You've got it. Okay, that's so good. MichaelKelly.co. You ought to check out Wednesdays Were Pretty Normal. That's one of uh, of the favorite Michael Kelly books uh, on my shelf. 
Um, but the the newest one, I think, is the whole story for the whole family, a year of Jesus-centered family devotions, and it's just excellent, and he's been here on a prior occasion to talk about that as well. Today, we're talking about this day and that day. So how are you living this day in light of the reality that that day is coming? In a recent sermon um, at the church that I attend, Michael preached on Second Peter chapter 3, verses 9 to 18, and it brought us into a conversation and, um, and really thoughtful consideration of how we're living today in light of the reality that Christ is coming again. Uh, and he's coming to judge the living and the dead. There will be a that day. Um, and when we come back, I'm going to have Michael run through some things that he knows to be true of that day. Um, because that was one of my favorite parts of the sermon. So hopefully he has his notes in front of him. I I might get them to him during the break. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. You may not think of yourself as a courageous world changer, but you are. Sometimes fear rules the day and keeps us from identifying in these ways. But when you step out in faith and decide to take action in the moment, living this day in light of that day, in light of eternity, you change the world. Mornings with Carmen is part of listener-supported Faith Radio. This content is only available because of your support. The impact on people's lives, the reach around the world. It all happens because you stand up to make a difference. Now is your time. So take the next step and be bold by joining the support team. Click the link in the show notes or go to MyFaithRadio.com and make this day count for that day. This day and that day. What does that get you thinking about when I just... Say those two uh, phrases, this day and that day. We're talking with Michael Kelly. Uh, he, he serves with, um, with Lifeway. Uh, he is also an author. You can find him at michaelkelly.co. Uh, he recently preached a sermon at Grace Community Church, which is where I attend, gccnashville.com, uh, on this topic of this day and that day. And Michael, at one point in the sermon, you, um, you really went to preaching. You went up the ladder, as I like to say, and you um, you really helped us see that day. And yeah. I um, I had a recent conversation with my 85 year old mom and my 90 year old stepdad, and they are obviously um, becoming more and more interested in what heaven is like and um, and what what life in heaven is going to be like and how it might be different than and yet still connected to people and places and things here. And so this actually helped me in my conversation with them. And so I would love for you to just preach this part of the sermon. Tell us about that day. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thank you. That is is very kind. It's it's like I was telling you, it was a lot of fun to put it together. I did want to close the sermon sort of with with what you said, uh, for it to be a little bit more uh, emotive in nature and to try and help people see the relationship specifically between what we know to be true on that day and the way that we ought to live on this day. Uh, because the the I really do think that the strength of our belief uh, in that day is measured by our actions on this day. So what does that look like? So I just I, I went th- I, I went through the Bible and and just tried to find 
things that will be true on that day and then what might be the relatable points. So here are uh, here are some examples. Uh, on that day, we know that God will execute justice. So on this day, we do not have to seek revenge. On that day, we know that the sons and daughters of God will be revealed. So on this day, we pursue personal holiness. On that day, we know that heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. So on this day, we stake our hope in his unchanging promises. On that day, we know that he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. And so on this day, we're able to freely mourn with those who mourn. On that day, we know that moth and rust will not uh, will no longer destroy and thieves will not break in and steal. So on this day, we store up treasures in heaven. On that day, we know that the church will be like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So on this day, we commit ourselves to love and serve faithfully in our local congregations. On that day, we know that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So on this day, we persevere in faith regardless of circumstance. On that, on that day, we know that three will remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so on this day, we lay down our lives for our brothers. And on that day, we know that we will hear a loud voice declaring, look, God's dwelling place is now among his people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And so on this day, we pray, amen, come Lord Jesus. Um, it was... It was yeah, really encouraging just, for me to read to read yeah. them and put them together. Yeah, and um, and then I heard you say, and until this day becomes that day, we will yes. live this day in the light of the hope of that day, because someday, this day, will be that day. That's right. That's right. And someday it will. Uh, someday it will. I, I, I don't know if it's a, a good exercise for everybody. But I found myself recently, like just walking out in the morning uh, and taking the dog for a walk or whatever, and just thinking, is, is this the day? This mm. could be the day because it, it, it really could be. And I don't know. It's just a little thing, a small thing. But I think in a small way, it helps frame uh, some of the way that I think for the rest of the day to do something small like that. We have some this day, that day things that happen in the in the more regular rhythm of life. And it occurred to me, um, I saw on your Facebook page that, you know, recently this fall, um, you had a this day became that day um, reality <laughs> when you dropped your child off at college. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. It was really something. And you guys are about to walk through that world, too. That's Oh, no, we're there. Uh, we're there. With Ellie's, <laughs> Ellie's at Welch. Yeah, oh, we're there. That's right. That's right. You guys. Are, yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah. No, um, it's uh, it it is the the this day that day thing, um, the day they move out, the day they get married, the day they have their you yeah. know first child, the day you know the day they lose their first job or their their first mm -hmm. heartbreak. Like the this day mm -hmm. that day thing is real for us as parents and grandparents for sure. And so, um, yeah, it's just such a wonderful perspective conversation and, um. I genuinely, I thank you for it. I thank you for your time in the Word and the way that you um, open it for others, including me. And so um, hear me say thank you. Oh, man. Listen, it, 
Uh, what a, what a joy and privilege! It's always a joy to be able to uh, to communicate the Bible. And thank you too for asking me to come on and talk about it. It's really my pleasure yeah. to do it. Absolutely, it's a delight. You guys can um, follow what Michael is writing on a regular basis, and the things that he's reading that he wants us to read as well, because he aggregates those from time to time um, on his website, michaelkelly.co. Kelly has an extra E in it from my perspective, K-E-L-L-E-Y, michaelkelly.co. Um, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. When I first listened, I was fairly astounded at not only how much knowledge and information you brought to bear, but how balanced your approach was regarding very difficult, complicated issues. I appreciate that. Uh, Steph was on the text line this morning, and uh, she said yesterday's segments with Michael Sleeth and Jeff Christofferson were life-changing. I wonder if you've ever had a life-changing faith radio moment. Um, And if you had, that's a story we'd love to hear. So um, if you've heard a conversation that for you has been life-changing, would you be willing to share that story with us at MyFaithRadio.com? Um, it 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 helps us to not only know, because it's such huge encouragement, um, it also helps us encourage others. And so you already know this. If you're a regular um, you know listener and friend here at Faith Radio, you know this is listener-supported radio ministry. This is, um, we have a fall fundraiser. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Certainly, I invite you to be praying for us in anticipation of that. And anticipating with us that God is going to use that time um, to get us to be sharing stories with each other about what he is doing in and through this gospel-centered outreach. That's really what we're doing. We're seeking to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus with more and more people, and we're seeking to equip you um, to, to have what you need to turn in the conversations of this day and point people to eternity, like, you know— uh, Life is short. Eternity is long. We are trying to help you make it count in every moment um, here and now as we look forward together um, to to life eternal. And so um, if you've got a faith radio story, if you're like Steph and you have heard something that for you has been life-changing, maybe it changed your perspective on something. Maybe it changed a conversation. Maybe it changed a relationship. Maybe it changed the way you use your time or invest your resources um, would you share that story with us at MyFaithRadio.com? That would be a huge help to us as we prepare for the fall fundraiser um, and invite you again, um, or maybe for the first time if you're new to Faith Radio, invite you to accelerate, participate in, advance this gospel ministry going forward. Um, it is listener supported. And if today's a good day for you to give, you know, that's great too. You don't have to wait for the fall fundraiser. You can give online at myfaithradio.com or you can just text the word give to 877-933-2484. All right, uh, quick Friday farm report. You heard part of it earlier. We now have a, a camera in the coop to see uh, what is happening. We're, we're certain that eggs are being laid, but eggs are not being gathered. So what's going on there? And um, yes, uh, our four cows are definitely testing testing the fence line. Don't be testing the fence line with Jesus today. Stay right there at the center of, of the center of His will. Stay right there. The, the, just just get close into Jesus. Don't be out there pressing against the fence line, people. Yeah, it's you know you might get shocked. 
Yeah. I don't want you wandering around outside the perimeter. All right. um, Have a great day, a great weekend, and God bless. We'll see you right back here on Monday morning. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.